All right. If you brought your Bible with you tonight, let's go uh, to two openings, Romans chapter 1 and 2 Corinthians 5. Romans 1, 2 Corinthians 5. How many think I could preach without a pulpit? I got some support. All right. (laughs) I don't know how long I can sit. (laughs) When you're pulling really good, I get up. When the the hunger is there. The hunger. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for this time when we can study your word. We believe that you're alive in our midst. You're alive in our hearts. Lord, to do good things, good and not evil. Lord, to bless and not curse, to help and not hinder us all the days of our lives. Thank you for your presence, for your spirit in us and upon us. And thank you for each and every person receiving now. I pray that they would receive a word from heaven, a word from you, so they can walk in victory, walk in in strength, and overcome in this life. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, Romans 1, verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's say that together. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 5. And verse 7, 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Say that with me. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And again now, from the NIV, it says, we live by faith, not by sight. And the NLT says, for we live by believing, not by sight. Seeing. And so the source and the foundation and basis of our lives is not, uh, is not found in the material world. It's not found in things seen or felt or heard. It is found in things unseen. It is found beyond the scope of our physical existence and reality. And this is a higher life. You know that. This is a, this is a higher way to live. This takes a person of strength to live based on what they can't see. Not based, again now, not based upon what they don't know, based upon what they do know, but they can't see. Is it possible for us to know about stuff that we can't see? Absolutely possible. Absolutely just a reality of life. And it is necessary for us to live the life of faith. Now, uh, we're going to want to continue in our series called Living by Faith and, and take this a little bit further. You see, once a person knows what is, once they know what, what's out there, once they know what exists in the unseen realm, then there is another step. The problem with many and what I've been endeavoring to um, blow out of the water so far is when people are attempting to live by faith or calling it faith when they don't know what their faith is based in. When they don't know what's really there, they're just calling it faith, okay? Hopefully, we've done a good job of blowing that out and uh, removing that obstacle because without that gone, we're just, we're, you know, walking on thin ice or or no ice. (laughs) You know, we're, we're just out there with nothing to hold us up. But now, let me say again, 
once we get to that place and we know what is, then there must be a choice that we make. Faith is a decision that we make every day. When I am confronted with what I see and it contradicts what I know is or what I know that God has said, then and only then do I have an opportunity to walk by faith. Everybody with me? All right. But if I don't make that choice, if I just stop after the first part of this, I know what God says or I know God exists or I know His promises exist, that doesn't mean we're doing it yet. That just means we know something. And I don't know about you, but I've known some things before that didn't help me. Why? Because I didn't do what I knew. I didn't act on what I, what, what I knew to be right, what I knew to be there, what I knew to be true. And only then, remember the Scripture says it's the doer of the Word that is blessed in what he does, not just the hearer. Or we could say, not just the knower, not just the person who can cite it, who can tell you that it's there but the person who will do something with it, okay? And so faith is a decision to act on what God has said. Faith makes a choice in life to accept some things and not accept some things. Faith makes a choice when it sees the reality of what is there physically to override that with something that is there spiritually, it's not a matter of one is true and one, one's not true, or one is there and one's not there. It's just, which one am I going to go with? Does that make sense? Because we are faced with conflicting things all of our days. When we have a choice. See, here's the deal. In the world, before you were walking with the Lord, you didn't know there was a choice. Something, I mean, if, if an attack came against your life, of a challenge and a difficulty came into your life, you didn't know you had a choice to accept it or reject it. You just thought, well, it is what it is. I mean, well, I'm just a realist. I just call it like I see it. <laughs> and we did. We lived completely in the physical realm. Now that we're not only saved, many of us are, and growing in our knowledge of what is there. If you were here last week, you remember the illustration the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Now that we know what's here, we still have to make a choice. Yeah. It's one thing to know what's here. It's another thing to make this the basis of my decisions. It's another thing to make this the thing that I focus on and the thing that I act on. Let's go over to uh, uh, the Word of God, Matthew 14. If you didn't bring a Bible, of course, these things will be on for you on the screen. So you can follow along. Matthew 14. Verse, let's begin in verse 24. This is when Jesus told his disciples, get in a boat, go across the sea, go to the other side. Verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And when they cried out for fear, uh, and they cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. 
And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, now did did Jesus uh, compliment him? For being a realist? <laughs> Did you say, Peter, you are one sharp, one sharp tack. You are able to perceive that this is, these are not good water walking conditions. I mean, how many know if you're going to walk on water, you got to do it on a calm day? Because you can't do it when the wind's blowing. Peter was perceptive enough to figure that out. And he got out there, he looked around... And he saw the wind or saw, uh, you know, the wind was boisterous. What did he really see? You don't actually see wind, but you see the effects of wind. He saw the waves going everywhere. And what happened? He became afraid. And Jesus said, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? He didn't compliment him. He got on him about it. He called him little faith. It's not nice to call someone little faith. I mean... It's not. But that's what the Lord Jesus called him simply for doing what most people do. Are you listening? For acting the way almost everybody would act. And a lot of times we take comfort in, well, that's just the way it is. I mean, everyone I know acts that way. Everyone I know lives this way. Everyone I... Jesus didn't make an exception for that and say, well, you know, that's kind of the norm and we're kind of grading on a curve here. You did pretty good. Did Je- Let me ask you this. Did Peter have faith? He walked on the water. I mean, that's a pretty serious miracle. He had faith. But notice what Jesus said. Why did you doubt? Can you see the potential of having both in operation? Just because you've had doubts does not mean you don't have faith. It just means you have a choice. Everybody listen. And we must make the right decision every day or the wind and the waves, even though they have nothing to do with it, will cause us to sink. What, what does the wind have to do with Peter walking on the water? Nothing. Zero. But yet him getting his focus on that caused him to sink. What's causing you to sink? What are you looking at? Amen. It's decision time. It's decision time whenever we're faced with an obstacle. Whenever there's a distraction. See, the wind and the waves, the, the wind boisterous was a distraction to him to get his eyes off of what he should be focusing on. Let's go over to the book of James. The wind basically represents the negative circumstances of life. They are there, but they're irrelevant to the word of the Lord. James 1 Or if you know him well, Jim. (laughs) We're like this. Jim. Jim (laughs) 1. And let's see. Let's see what verse we're starting in here. James 1, 5. 
James 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, now wisdom is just an example here. It works for all things, okay? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him say, man, I'm just not very smart. Let him, let him say, oh, I've just always struggled, you know, with knowing stuff. And <laughs> No, what should he do? Should he cave? Should he give, give in, throw up his hands and say, I'm dumb? No, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's just a side note, but if you're lacking something, don't treat it like it's a permanent condition. If something's lacking in you physically, something's lacking in you mentally, something's lacking in you relationally, something's lacking uh, in, in your life, something that you need, don't make it permanent. Don't accept it as a permanent condition. That's what the life of faith is about. We don't just accept what what is in the physical world. We are masters at overcoming what we see and feel. We are tapping into the very resources of heaven, into the omnipotence of God. What is in your life physically now? Doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. To how many? All. all. That's a word that's key. To all liberally and without reproach, it will be given him, but, everybody say but. but. Let me know, you always have to have your butt in the right place. <laughs> but let him ask in faith. So does that mean it's possible to ask, but not do it in faith? Yes. Yeah. Someone say, well, I prayed. So, what does that mean? <laughs> I asked, I prayed. So, how did you pray? How many know that's an important question? It's not just about what we do. It's about how we do it. It's about our approach. It's about what's in our heart. It's not just about the physical activity. Amen. Not about the motions. You could be in church tonight and get nothing. Zero. Or you can have your life changed. I mean, there are different approaches. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Notice that, that caveat there. He didn't just say, let him ask in faith. He said, let him ask in faith with no, with no, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is amazingly powerful and simple at the same time. Can you see what this says? He said, don't think you're getting anything from God. Well, certainly God will do, do what he does for one. He'll do for another. Willing, yes. Prov will he provide? Yes. Will a person receive from him? That's a whole other story. He said, let that one. Don't you think you're getting anything from God? That's pretty stern. You mean, I could, I could pray? I could ask and get nothing, nothing, zero, and God did not do you wrong, and he did not say no, didn't say anything in there about God turning you away, it just says that man will not what, receive, doesn't mean it wasn't given, he will not receive anything from the Lord. This is important. Yes. 
What should he do? He should ask in faith. We've got that. If I know what God wants, if I know his promise toward me, I've got faith. But he said with. He said with no doubting. The word doubting means basically to waver. It can also mean to differ. It's not that Peter, when he was out there on the water, I mean, doing the miracle in in action right there, it's not that he lacked faith, but he had something in addition to his faith that began to operate as soon as he looked at the wind saw the waves and thought, man, bad time to walk on water, right? As soon as he started doing that, he had two things in opposition to each other. And now he's battling both of them. What did he need to do? He needed to pray in faith. You don't understand what I'm saying. He wasn't praying, but he needed to pray in faith with no doubting. How could he do that? As soon as his mind went to the conditions around him, he should have pulled it right back. He said, nope. Kept his eyes on Jesus. He said, come. Here I am. See, when we're doing the faith thing, where we're living the faith life, that does not mean that we're never going to have opposing thoughts. If you don't have opposing thoughts to what you're doing, you're not doing much. If you've never had a thought that, dude, this is totally not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna fall on your face and be a disgrace and be a bad witness for the kingdom and do everything else if you've never had a thought you're probably not stepping out there but the fact that we have a thought an opposing thought to what is right and what is good that doesn't mean something's wrong if you've had thoughts in your mind that doesn't mean that you don't have faith or there's something wrong or anything like that it just means we now have a does anyone know a choice It means we must make a decision. What am I going to go with? Am I going to go with what the Lord has said, what his eternal word has promised me, or am I going to start looking at the circumstance, looking at the things in the external and say, that's what it, I'm not sure now. Ah." And then we start going back and forth. What's that called? Wavering. It's called doubting. Doubting is simply when I go back and forth. It's right, it's wrong. It's right, it's wrong. I'm healed, I'm not. I'm healed, I'm not. I'm blessed, I'm not. Hmm. The Lord's providing my need. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you know how that happens? I mean, people can get in a, they can get with some friends and pray about a situation or they can get in a service and, and, and get in a good position in God. But as soon as they leave, they begin to say the opposite of what they just prayed. They took a stand for the Lord, and then 10 minutes later, well, I don't know. What's that called? There was nothing wrong with the stand. There was nothing wrong with the prayer. There was nothing wrong with their believing. They just added something to it, and that produced wavering. It produced doubting. Got a word of the Lord for you. You're not getting anything from God. How many are excited about that? Woohoo! Praise God. You're not getting a thing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. But the good news is, it, it, within that context, is the answer. Right? Just don't add anything to it. I must make the right decision. Is this just easy? Well, not the flesh. It's not easy on the flesh. It's a choice we make. 
It's a decision. What am I going to believe? Okay. You know, go over to Mark 5 with me. Let's, let's look at this as well. Everybody doing good? Mark 5. Back in the Old Testament, some of you might remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. There was a big challenge. And uh, he, before this big challenge, Elijah basically stood up and he said to the people of Israel, he's saying, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve him. But if Baal is God, serve him. What are you going to do? See, the Lord has always been opposed to this wishy-washy. I'm in, I'm out, I don't know. I'm, you know, we, I've prayed and I asked, but I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Which one is it? Which the, what's true and what's not true? Stay with it. When you know, stay with it. The Lord is pleased when someone takes a stand. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, Mark 5. Everybody over there? Jesus was dealing with this guy here. Well, a guy named Jairus came to Jesus and begging him. He said, my daughter is about to die. You need to come and lay your hands on her uh, so she'll be healed, so she'll live. And so Jesus was heading that way, and, and uh, some other things happened with another person uh, the, what we, the woman with the issue of blood came up behind him. And then, but let's pick over here, pick up over here in verse 35. 535. Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. And uh, it says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, when, when did he do this? As soon as, in other words, immediately, right away. As soon as he heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, he said, do not be afraid, only believe. Notice he, did, he didn't say, you know, believe. He said, don't be afraid, only believe. Why, why is he doing that? Why did Jesus jump on that? He saw that immediately now Jairus was given a choice. He was given two possibilities. Jesus was going to go and heal the daughter, but now he gets a bad report. What's the possibility there? Anybody know? Wavering, doubting. Here's the good report. Jesus is coming. Everything's going to be all right. She's dead. And Jesus immediately jumped on it. He said, watch out now. He said, don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. You just believe. Why did he do that? Jesus was saving his daughter right there. Listen, if that didn't matter, say, what's the big deal? I mean, if Jesus was going and he was going to raise her up from the dead and everything was going to be okay anyway, it wouldn't have been okay. It wouldn't have, or that wouldn't have been in there. See, what happened, and you know, if you read the rest, everything turned out good. But if it would have just turned out good anyway, some people say, well, you know, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If God's going to do it, God's going to do it. No, 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 no. That wouldn't be in there. It was contingent upon J. Iris standing for his daughter and what? Only believing. Jesus knew, uh-oh, this guy's daughter, his, she, her life is on the line right now. I'm going to jump into the middle of this real quick and keep J. Iris from wavering. Because if he would have doubted, what would he have received from the Lord? Nothing. 
Nothing. That's biblical. Nothing. But how many know doubt is not incurable? It's not. We get reminded. The Lord helps us, but then we make a choice. And I can see, what did Jairus do? He must have said, all right, let's go. It's going to be all right. All's going to be well. So how do you know he said that? Because she lived. If it didn't matter what he did, Jesus wouldn't have told him, hey, man, watch out now. Don't you get afraid here. He would have said, you know, I'm Jesus. (laughs) Has nothing to do with you anyway. But he didn't say that because it was dependent on whether he wavered or not. Is your future dependent upon whether you waver or not? Yeah, don't, now don't beat yourself up. Don't be condemned over it. Because there's a cure for, for unbelief. There's a cure for wavering. Amen? It's knowing what God has said and then making a, a decision, a firm decision that says, this is what I'm going with. And the thoughts will come, bam, 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 bam. The waves will roar, water's flashing up in your face. I'm going with the word of the Lord. I'm going with what God has said. Someone else will come to you and say, it's over, man. It's over. Give it up. It's not going to work. I'm going with what the Lord has said. The voices will come. People will help you to doubt. They'll encourage you to waver because that's the way they are. How many know sin loves company? Doubters love other doubters. They have something to talk about. (laughs) But faith people annoy others. I mean, when you refuse to doubt, you refuse to complain and worry and say it's all going to hell, people, they're not comfortable with that. They don't know what to do with us. (laughs) What are we going to do? Only believe. I've got my belief. I'm just not going to allow the doubt, the wavering to come in. Again, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be tempted with it. doesn't mean the thoughts aren't going to come to my mind. I choose. I choose to use my faith. I choose to act on what God has said. Praise God. You know, uh, um, if a person is losing a battle, they either don't know what God's Word says to them about their situation, or they have chosen to not make that Word supreme in their life. And that's the choice we make. When I live by faith, I am choosing to make God's word supreme over me. I'm making his word right in my life over my circumstances. I must do that. It is. I mean, God's word is what it is. But again, where it applies to my life, that's where I must choose to do the right thing. Faith must be alone. It's a loner. We can't add anything to it. When attack come against your life, when sickness attacks your body, what do you do? How do you respond to it? Say, well, it is what it is. I mean, it's that season. Just got the bug. Well, I'm just why, why do I bring that up? See, in the world, we think, well, it just is what it is. I mean, you don't really have a choice. You hit a physical thing with something physical. Give me a pill or give me something natural. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying that's a natural dealing with a natural thing. As believers, our first response shouldn't be, okay, what do I need naturally to fix, to fix this? No, I'm looking for a spiritual punch that will knock that thing out. What am I choosing to believe? Okay, there's a financial storm in your life. What do you do? You suddenly have a, you know, a deal, a layoff or a whatever it is. What, how do you respond to it? 
That's a good word now. That word respond is key. How do we respond to what happens? There is always a response from us to what happens in our lives. And many people are responding the wrong way. My choice must be to respond correctly. If I'm dealing with something, what is my response? If you're, if you're confronted with something that the Lord has said, how do you respond to that? If you're, if, if you're um, living your life, you've never given your life to the Lord, but you're presented an opportunity. How many know your response to that opportunity will make or break you spiritually and for eternity? It's all about how we respond to stuff. If I get hit, if I wake up in the morning, my body is just in pain in some area, I have to respond to that. I can't ignore that. I don't know about you. <laughs> if I'm hitting something's really taking me down in a, in a big way, I have to respond. How, how do I respond? It makes all the difference in the world. It's my choice how I deal with it. I give in, I cave, I accept, or I say, bless God. I am a child of God. I have a covenant with God. I have the promises of God. And I find out specifically what those are. And I say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not giving into this. I'm not going to let this run me over. I'm not going to let this take me out. Praise God. Amen. How many know, you know, uh, with our, our favorite um, field goal kicker, he's got a chance to respond. How many know that's important? I mean, I know I lost a baseball game for my team one time. <laughs> it's not as big as the, and I'm not putting it all on him, don't get me wrong. I know it's a whole team. But I know I put that one all on me. I was little, bases loaded. Uh, uh, we were down by one, two outs. I'm up. So I was feeling the pressure. I get up there, ball one. I get up there, ball two. They changed pitchers. Because they knew, the guy, he's about to walk me and tie the game up. And a uh, new pitcher comes in. I don't know why I'm even telling you this. We're going to be really close from here on out. I get up there, and uh, first pitch of the new pitcher, I swing. Dumb. <laughs> I popped it up shortstop catches it game over <laughs> yay <laughs> I felt pretty I felt pretty bad <laughs> so I understand about Mr. Brotsman uh, a, a little bit it wasn't, it wasn't that big a scale <laughs> and, uh, but how many know it's not about what you fail to do, or if you make a mistake, we've all make mistakes. It's about how we respond to this stuff. It's not about the circumstances we do it. How am I going to respond to it? Am I going to get back up, or am I going to let things run me over? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, you know, Abraham dealt with this. He had a promise of God. His circumstances contradicted it. The Bible says in Romans 4.20 that he did not waver at the, promises, at the promise of God through unbelief. Why did he get his answer? He didn't waver. 
He stayed firm. He stayed. Now, does that happen overnight? Sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you just got to keep it before your eyes and you make the decision again and again. No, I'm staying with the Word of God. No, I'm not moved by what I see and feel. Not going to be moved and pushed around by this. Staying with the Word. And you remind yourself and you, and, and you, you meditate on what God has said. And it strengthens your position to say, I choose the Word of the Lord. Amen. Let's finish in Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Remember, Jesus responded to the doubt in Peter by calling that little faith. What does it mean to have little faith? It means to doubt. It means that your faith is not alone but it's got a buddy, doubt, wavering. Don't, don't check with your eyes to see if it worked. Check the word. It's not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on the word, I'm going to stand on God's promise, and then see if it worked. Okay, fine, see if it worked. How do I tell if it works? Let's see. <laughs> yep, it worked. What if I find out that God will hear me and answer me when I pray? How do I find out if that happened? Okay, I pray and I check. Oh, yeah, it worked. It's interesting. You ever notice how the scriptures don't change after you pray? They're still the same. This doesn't change, but this stuff all around it does change. So why would I look at it? I'm going to see if it worked. Why don't you see if it's working for you? Say, it's not working for me. What are you looking at? All right, Matthew 21. This is where uh, Jesus said here, verse 21. 21, 21. Uh, so Jesus answered and said to them, talking about the fig tree, how it withered away when he spoke to it. He said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and. You see that? If you have faith, what? And. He didn't just say, if you have faith. You have faith. If you have faith and do not doubt. What does doubt mean? Waver or differ. It means you've got something different than what you said. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. How will it be done? If I have faith and I don't add doubt to it. That means whatever my faith is based upon, I continue and only look at it. I'll be tempted to look at everything else. I'll be tempted to focus. And it really, when it really comes down to I'll be tempted to start giving voice to all those other thoughts. And that's when we're really in trouble. You'll be tempted to look at it, to focus on it, to say it, and it's a contradiction to where we want to go. Everybody with me tonight? This is vital that we learn how to get the doubt out, that we learn how to stop wavering in what we believe. Amen? Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we just love you. We just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness toward us in all that you are doing. Lord, we put our faith and our confidence in what you have said. 
Lord, we have the potential, we see and we know, to live a much higher life, to live life on your terms, to live life on the resources of heaven. All the precious promises of God. But Lord, we must make a choice to accept those things as true and as a reality in our our lives each day. Thank you for working in us now. Thank you for helping us. We refuse to fear. We refuse to be afraid. Just like Jairus, we choose to only believe. Thank you, Lord, for helping us, for having mercy on us where we've missed it. Oh, there's grace and mercy to bring us back. Thank you for doing the work in us now, for helping us to come up. We give you all the thanks, all the praise for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank God. He's good. He's a good God. Amen.